Hi, everybody. Welcome to Busy Living So Bomb. Busy Living So Bomb. Busy Living So Bomb. And it's episode 206. Wow. 206. We're in a different spot now, as everybody can see from where we were last week. Just keep moving around. We just keep moving around. Keep getting busy living sober. Mm -hmm. It's all about getting busy living sober. And um, as we talked about the last two weeks, we were talking about step one. Yes, and, we were. Um, I just want to, before we jump into step two, I want to reiterate again, I heard some great things this week and um, since the week we were on about how important step one is. Like step one is the foundation. Nothing happens without step one. And step one can take you a year. I mean, we've talked about it in two weeks and that's pretty quick. Mm -hmm. I mean, how long does it pour, take to pour the foundation of a home? Mm, well, it's a different kind of foundation, honey. But I just like to use that as, right. uh, if you don't have a solid foundation, you can't weather a storm. Exactly. And so weathering the storm and being able to bend and being able to deal with everything that comes up in life. Mm -hmm. is really important. So having, being really aware of, you know, of what step one is, and it talks about it. It's about three chapters in the big book. Uh, if you were to, if you, if you use, if, I, I mean, I don't care how you get sober, you could use yoga, you can use meditation, you can use many different There's resources. There's definitely plenty in the big book about step one. There's and, no question about it because and, it, nothing happens if you can't, you know, be part of, you know, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol. Yeah. And our lives have become unmanageable. If you can't really admit that, that's, I mean, that's fine, but you're not going to be sober. I mean, that's, that's the bottom line is it's, it says, and I believe it, you know, it's, you have to be a, a frank admission without reservation, you know? Yes, I get it. And, uh, you know, and there's probably more than three chapters, really, if you include the doctor's opinion that really explains it. Um, so yeah, I mean, but if you can't, if you can't admit that and, and truly most people won't. Yeah. And that's why I think that it takes so long. I think that this, this whole, you know, process and I won't, and, and I can't, I can't, um, I can't make this more important than I, I, I want to strength. I mean, I want to make that. I just want to make it like in firm letters or something that getting that, getting, admitting that you're powerless, admitting that there's something larger than you and is so important. And um, that firm foundation is so important. And if it takes you a year, if it takes you two years, however long it takes you to get through step one and realizing I'm powerless and admitted that you wanted to, you know, that there is something greater than myself. Which is step two. Yeah, mm -hmm. we're in step two. We are. And it's ironic because, you know, we've been talking about powerlessness. And, uh, you know, one of the things it says, one of the, one of the lines that it says about step two is, you know, a lack of power. That was our dilemma. And, uh, you know, and if we take a frank look at our lives, you know, that's so true. So many things that, um, you know, that I <clears throat> railed against, fought against, you know, wouldn't accept, you know, on and on and on, wasn't going my way, you know, wanted to, wanted, wanted to change it. I just, I had no power in any of that stuff, you know? And it's so simple. I mean, I, I just speak for myself. I mean, it's, it's just as simple as like, <clears throat> you know, I wake up tomorrow morning and I have a plan that I want to go outside and do something. And I wake up tomorrow morning and it's raining. And now my plan is crushed. And 
and now, and, but I allow myself to be crushed too. Now I'm in a bad mood. I'm unhappy, blah, blah, blah. Well, I can't fight the weather. You know, I'm powerless over that. And, uh, you know, if I could accept that fact, I'd be fine, but I don't always accept that fact about a lot of things in my life, you know? So it talks about, you know, we, we, we fought everyone and everything. And, uh, and that was, that was the truth. Um, and with to no effect, that's the worst part. You know, it just got worse and worse and worse because, you know, when you try so hard to get everybody and everything around you to change and it never does, it's very frustrating. And it's funny because the, you know, the, the 12 step program that we subscribe to says the only thing that needs to change is you. And uh, that seems like that would be pretty easy, right? I mean, that's like, what does that feel manageable? Oh, I only need to change me instead of everyone and everything like that. But then there I go again. <laughs> it's really hard because it's our ego, mm -hmm. right? It's exactly. our ego. And um, that's why I tend to write my, if I write, if, which, you know, I don't really do. I don't really write what I have to do that day down in ink. Um, mm -hmm. If I were to write a to-do list, I would write it in pencil because it is so important to be able to be flexible. Yes. And that's what number step one did. It gave me the ability to say, okay, I'm powerless. I, I, I need to be flexible. I need to know that my ideas aren't always the best ideas. And I only can think of A and B instead of thinking of A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, and Z, and then do it again. Because mm -hmm. we have no idea. We have no idea. Exactly. And so admitting that I'm powerless, that I want help and willingness. We talked about willingness before mm -hmm. and having that willingness. And so then we get to the step two and- Why don't you say what step two is? You can say what step two is. Um, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. And I have a caveat that I want to say, you know, if you were really, if you were raised in any sort of religious, you know, religion's kind of poo-pooed today. God's kind of poo-pooed today, but I believe that if you really raised with some sort of religion, it kind of helps you with this a little bit. It helped me. Certainly. It helped me knowing that I had a God. I might not like the whole idea of like Jesus with the nails and the thorns in the head. That was always scary to me as a child. But the biggest thing for me in step two was saying, restore me to sanity. Well, wait, that has to mean that I'm insane. Right. Yep. That means you have and to I don't insane. like saying that I'm insane. No, nobody does. No, nobody does. people always want to say, I, you know, I was normal. I want to be normal. I'm normal. Well, normal to me, I'm going to mm -hmm. give my description of normal. Normal is a piece of wonder bread, right? Mm -hmm. It's for, it's just, it's a little square. It's got a brown little crust around it. It has nothing on it. It's just normal. That's just normal to me. And I'm not normal. Mm -hmm. I'm multigrain <laughs> with many nuts in it and many berries and many seeds and mm -hmm. lots and lots and lots. I've got lots of different things about me. Yes. I'm not normal. No. But get, get, that took time to get to that place that I had to be like, okay with the fact that I'm not normal. Exactly. I'm not a piece of Wonder Bread. Mm -hmm. And I don't think anybody is a piece of Wonder Bread. No. no, I think the longer you live and the more you work spiritual programming, the more you realize that there is no normal. There is no normal. Because everybody does the same things, you know? And uh, it's the, the opportunity to try to grow and change uh, is what we're afforded. And it's just what we do with it. So, yes, I'm like you. That when I, when I first looked at that step, I'm like, what do you mean restore me to sanity? Like, what are these people talking about? Like, they might be crazy. But I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. 
And, uh, you know, and the fact is, I, you know, I learned of all the craziness that I did, that I do, that I continue to do, and that I'll probably do in the future. It's just the way it is. Yeah. So it's, for me, I believe that, um, the insanity that I had to first, like the first thing of insanity that I, that came to me when I was working the steps the first time was like, all right, what was insane about me? What did I keep? So the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different result, results. Mm -hmm. So the insanity for me was that I would go and I'd say, I'm going to have one dirty martini. Right. The insanity of the first drink. Yeah. It was insane because I thought that I had control over it. Mm -hmm. But going back to step one, it was like realizing I'm powerless over this because I have a phenomenon of craving, right? So once I have a drink, it has nothing to do. Cause I'd be like, I could have one drink. Mm -hmm. I normally it seems I, like you should be able to have one drink. Right. But I mean, then I'd have doesn't, 47. doesn't seem like a wine. ridiculous uh, thing to think you could do, but you can't. No, no. It's, um, it was, it was, um, and admitting that is like eating and we talked about humility before we, we gave the definition before, but getting to that place that I could humbly say, oh my gosh, what I did was insane. Mm -hmm. It was insane. That I kept trying to tempt fate, that I kept trying to go and do the same thing over and over again. And I kept going out and I kept having the drink and then I'd have too many. Then I'd wake up and hate myself. And it was a horrible, horrible, horrible cycle that I was in. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing about the uh, second step, I think, is is uh, whether you're religious or not, that kind of makes it a little easier for me to at least to bite off of it to begin with was that, um, you know, I could see, I could, I came to understand the insanity of the first drink and, and I could see these people in these rooms that had gotten past that. Um, you know, they had, they had definitely gotten past from the, the insanity of the first drink. And, uh, you know, to me, they were that first power that was greater than myself, you know, because I realized that I, no matter how hard I tried, you know, I never could do it. I could never figure it out. And it wasn't until I met these people and they suggested, why don't you try not drinking a day at a time, which I had never thought of, you know, and it worked perfectly. It's worked perfectly ever since, you know, there's been no problems with, with the, uh, with the first drink. So I was able to, to, make them a power greater than myself for sure. Say, I understand they know more than I do and I'm going to do exactly what they tell me to do. Yeah. I believed that. Um, and for those of you that don't know, I was raised, you know, Irish, I was raised Catholic and um, my father was Jewish, but I was raised Catholic. So I had, and I know a lot of people don't like religion today and I don't want to go too far into the religious aspect of it, but more of the spirituality and realizing that spiritually in this room, and of course now with COVID, we don't go to rooms, right? We go to rooms on Zoom, mm -hmm. but I don't go to rooms in person given COVID. So having that sense of like, well, how do I do this with COVID going on? And I have to say that, you know, I started a meeting that happens every day, every morning at 8 a.m. Eastern time. If you want to find out the information, it's under Morning Hope on Busy Living Sober. But, you know, we've have a bunch of people that have gotten sober during COVID and they're working the steps. Mm -hmm. And it's been pretty impressive to see because when you do identify with people that 
that are similar. And I think that it's really that step one, which is like, okay, I'm powerless. And I've got to realize that, that I'm not that bad of a person. Cause I think that's a huge part of this. It's like learning to love yourself is number one right. for me. And you know, we don't love ourselves. And when we can admit, all right, we're powerless. Okay. I, I got this disease. I it's in my family tree. I got it. I'm, I'm definitely powerless. I still remember today, 14 years later, standing in that bar, having that first drink and then waking up the next morning going, I did it again. Mm -hmm. So, and then realizing that's the insanity, right? Cause I kept going to that same place. It didn't have to be the same actual brick, brick and mortar place, but I went to that same place looking for the same relief inside of me. Like I wanted to fill that hole inside of me that that I, that was spiritual. You know, it was a spiritual hole inside of me. Yes. I didn't think that I was good enough. I didn't think that anybody could really like me if I were just me. I didn't think that anybody could think that I was okay, mm -hmm. but I didn't think I was okay. Right. So um, I had to fill myself, myself, right? So I had to fill myself with this spirit because that's what they used to call alcohol. I think they still do. They call them wine at spirit stores. Mm -hmm. It's spirits, right? It's a spirit. So I realized that that spirit that we talk about in step two, like, like realizing what that spirit is. And for some people, the spirit is just the sunrise, right? Mm -hmm. Some people, it's the spirit of knowing that there's going to be, the sun's going to come up tomorrow. Some people, it's the it's going into the woods and looking at the trees. That's the spirit for them. Whatever that spirit is, it's imperative to find something that's greater than yourself. And it can be the trees and it can be the sun and it can be the ocean. It can be whatever you want it to be. It can be Jesus Christ. It can be whatever you want it to be. But I think finding that within yourself and having a guide Sometimes it's called a sponsor. Sometimes it's called a fellow traveler. Sometimes it's called a mentor. Somebody to say to you that it's okay. Mm -hmm. And if it's me telling you it's okay, if it's the trees, if it's the bumblebees, if it's the birds, if it's the ocean, if it's the sun, just having something. If it's Jesus Christ, whatever it needs to be, it needs to be that for you personally. It's such a personal thing. It is. It's... um. A lot of the steps um, are very personal, personal, right? They're very personal because we're talking about raw stuff that happens inside of us. I think, yeah, they're all very personal, yeah. Yeah, and it's really, I believe, um, it's it takes time to get to that place that first you're willing. You're like, all right, I'm willing to feel what step one feels like. Mm -hmm. I'm willing to take this embarkment to, to go on to step two. Right. And it takes time. I, I And I can't reiterate that enough. I can't make that more important that it takes time. And it's, you know, I can say for myself, it definitely took longer than a year to real. I mean, I did the steps. I did them all very quickly in the first year. And mm -hmm. I, I think I mentioned this earlier that I, you know, I, I wanted to graduate from something summa cum laude and I was going to graduate from this. And summa cum laude means, back, you know, the top of your class, if you don't know. And um, I was like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to graduate summa cum laude. But to have it, to have these things really have your head meet your heart. Well, it takes a long time. There's so much that has to be worn away. You know, it's so much work and I, and, and I say work and I don't mean like lifting things and doing that, but it can mean that as well. But 
it's internal work. Yeah, most of, I think for me anyway, you know, the, the, the majority of the work is all involves letting go, you know. We're not there yet. Well, you have to be, I, I had to let go of me just to get to step two. Every step is just wearing away at, at, at yourself. You well, know. they change everything, right? So, you know, for me, the, you said willing, but you know, that was where I really had to be. My first willingness had to be willing to say that maybe somebody knows more than I do. You know, maybe I should listen to that person. And, um, you know, and as I started to listen to that person, they started talking about, they talked a lot about God and a lot about higher powers. Now, my, my upbringing was a little different than yours. You know, I was, my parents were Christian, but not practicing Christians. And, uh, you know, so I didn't spend a lot of time in church. Um, and, um, you know, when I came in AA, I, I did believe that there was some sort of a God that ran the universe. Um, you know, my biggest problem that I had was that I couldn't understand, and it's because of my ego, like this God is so busy running the universe, how could he possibly have any time, you know, to be connected in, to any individual at all, let alone me, like Jesus. Like if I was God, I'd be way too busy. They're, they're like ants, you know, it wouldn't matter to me. And uh, so that, but that was me. That was my ego that, that got in my, because right away I'm like, well, what would I do if I were God? Well, I, you know, I'd be just like me, which was not good. Um, you know, so. It wasn't bad though. It was just where you were. Exactly. And, you know, and, and for me, what I love about, you know, finally getting down with that step finding a power greater than myself is now I have, when I finally was able to do that, I actually had something that I could turn things over to, you know, I could just say, take this, you know, I'm struggling with this and, uh, and I could, you know, eventually understand what the insanity was that I think they were talking about, you know, which for me was, I had this, I really believed that, um, you know, that I could make something happen. I really believed if, I could get everybody in my life to do what, what they were supposed to, which is what I thought they were supposed to, then an outcome would be achieved that I wanted, you know, that things would play out the way I wanted to play out. And I just had no conception that life just happens. And, uh, you know, I can't fight the tide. I can't fight the weather. I can't fight the moon and the, and the stars and the sun, but I was willing to for a long time, you know, to try to get it my way. And that was my real insanity in that stuff too that I had to let go of. And I want to I want to backtrack with you on a couple of things because mm -hmm. I know your story so well. And um, so, for one, you're very well read. You're were at the top of your class, right? Mm -hmm. You knew um, you had space and all that, right? So you didn't have that. You weren't spending every week at church. So that. Um, which I was made to do, good, bad, right. or different. It just happened. I wasn't mm -hmm. made to do that every week. But for you, and coming in and hearing that, it took, you know, because maybe, you know, there was the universe and the stars, and what came first? Was it really evolution, or was it God, and all that that transpired? And then, you know, you were in sobriety for a long time, a long time, mm -hmm. maybe even over 10 years, would you say? I think you were over 10 years when you realized this, right? About God? Well, not only about God, but like that, that wanting to be the puppeteer, like wanting to be the person like. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that's step three that we're getting to. But yes, it took me, uh, it, yes. 
But okay. you're the insanity that you kept going and wanting to make all these people oh, in your life. Absolutely. And I could only see like, I, I could only see what I could see, you know? So, I mean, we'll get, to, we'll, we'll talk more about that in step three, you know, because step two really was, you know, for me was being willing and then finding this power that was greater than myself. So you, you said I was well read and I had, um, I was, I read a lot of, I mean, I'd, I'd taken a lot of science classes. I'd read a lot of, books on science, you know, I've read a lot of books on um, space and on evolution and Darwin. And I especially had read a lot of philosophy. And, uh, and I really was like, I, I was a big believer in the human intellect that the human intellect would conquer everything. You know, it talks about me in the literature. Um, and, you know, so I really had a hard time to, to let go of all that. Cause I thought like for me, I thought, okay, so you want me, what you're really doing is you're saying, JF, take, take all the facts. And these are facts, right? Take all the facts that you have and all the knowledge that you have and throw it out and believe, we want you to believe in this thing that that's like a fairy tale. Like you can't, like Santa. you can't prove it. You know, there's no facts. There's exactly, there's no, there's, there's no nothing. It's just straight up faith. Well, that was a tough thing for me to find was faith. You know, very tough thing for me to find. Took you many years. Took me a, but it, it did. Took me a long time. It took me a long time to find faith. And uh, but then it took me even longer to, um, you know, to let go of myself to faith. Yeah, it's, uh, this is all so and again, I, if you're out here and you're listening and you're like, I'm, I, I, I'm in this and I, I kind of understand what you guys are saying, but you know, it's, um, it's easy, but it's hard. Well, I made it all so complicated, you know, cause that's my towering intellect and my giant ego. That's what it does. It makes everything really difficult. And, uh, I mean, you know, what I've learned is, and I will say that word over and over and over again, it's, it's just willingness. All you have to do is just be willing. If you can just, you even have to believe. And, and that's the part I didn't get. Like, I didn't have to believe. I just had to be willing to believe. And, and now you're like, well, this is like some kind of BS semantics, JF, isn't it? That you're throwing at me. And, uh, and that's what I thought. I'm like, these people are so full of it. Like, they're using semantics and blah, blah, blah. But I, I just didn't get it because I made it all so complicated. But all I had to do is just, I just had to, it was so simple. I had to make that admission. Say maybe, maybe there's something or someone that has a better idea than I do, and that's all the willingness that I needed. You know, from there, that was the mustard seed that the faith sprung from. But I didn't get it. I just didn't get it when they kept saying, "You just have to be willing." You know, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to believe. You know, you don't have to believe. And and I didn't. You know, my first sponsor was. Uh, was a great, was great. He just, he did me the biggest favor in my entire life because he asked me, you've heard this before, but he asked me this question. He said, do you pray? And I said, no, I don't. And then instead of saying what I would have said, which is why not? He said, do you think it would hurt you? Well, I couldn't, why not? I could have argued with him forever. Right. But I couldn't, I couldn't say anything other than, no, I don't think it would hurt you or hurt me. And he said, then, then fine, then just do it. Do it. I want you to pray every morning. I want you to just ask God to keep you sober every morning and then pray every night. 
and thank God for keeping you sober. That's just do it. You don't have to believe in God. You don't have to believe in anything. You just, just, just do the prayer, say the prayer. And, uh, you know, that exercise, which I still do was the exercise along with my, just the willingness to believe that like Pete was a guy like maybe Pete has a better idea than I did. Just a little bit of willingness. Well, from there sprung faith, you know, and from there sprung a relationship with the power greater than myself, you know, who I pray to and much more than that, those two little prayers on a daily basis, you know, all the time. And, and I'm so grateful for that relationship, you know, because it, it has made my life so much easier because it turns out that a lack of power, that was my dilemma. I had absolutely no power whatsoever. And I'm lucky that I got connected with something that has all kinds of power. And all I have to do is let myself go to it. And I think it's interesting because I want to bring this up. Um, I'm not as intellectual as you are. <laughs> I'm going to say that. I'm not well-read. Um, I am not... Um, I'm kind of, I, I want to, I'm from, I, and I don't want to say this for everybody that's from the Midwest, but I'm from the Midwest. I'm apple pie. I am, uh, I'm baseball, the Cardinals. And um, I am, I am naive. I am naive in a lot of ways. I like, and I've said this many times, I believe, I like Tinkerbell. I like Santa Claus. So for me, when they said, all right, were you insane? And I said, no. And then they said, well, when you did this and you went, kept going out and you kept drinking and then this would happen, is that insane? Cause you were doing the same thing over and over again. I was like, yeah, mm -hmm. I was. And they said, do you think God can restore your sanity? Do you think God can help you get there? And I was like, yes. So for me, it was a lot easier. It wasn't as much that this is, it's hard to fathom because I was like, I, I believe that God created the stars. I believe that God created the moon. I believe God created everything. I believe he created the flowers, everything else. So if God could do that, then he could definitely restore Elizabeth's sanity and she wouldn't have to be so, I wouldn't have to be so um, insane anymore. So faith, I mean, you had a faith. I had faith from, but since I was a little kid. You had a faith when you came in. I had a faith when I came in. So, would, so you, like, would you say that, so maybe what they did was just help you find a faith that works? It helped me have a faith that works that I could rely on because I, for so long, it was so, I, I was, I had so many voices in my head. There was so much noise, mm -hmm. right? When I came in, there was so much noise and, oh, so many things going on and so many battles that I wanted to fight in my head, right? Like you were talking about, like so many battles that I was like, I was divorced. I had three little kids. I had no money. I had all these crazy things going on in my life. And it was the noise. And I just get to that place. Like, it's going to be okay, Elizabeth, because I have faith. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I'd be like, okay, I've never gone without a meal. Okay. I'm, I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. I'm okay. God has me. I've, God has me. Like I've never gone without heat in my house. I'm like, I'm okay. I'm okay. I've had to sell things so that I've eaten my house. I had to do certain things so that I could be okay. But I always had that faith. So I came in knowing that that blind, like it wasn't so hard mm -hmm. to go to that place of going, you're insane. Yeah, that was insane. It was insane that I kept picking up and, and I'd end up doing drugs and doing things that I wouldn't normally do. That was insane. And is there a power greater than you? Yeah. I knew for a fact that there was powder grain in the meat. Did I have to say what it looked like? No, 
-hmm. Did I have to go to all, like, I didn't have to figure it out. Like, I just went on blind faith. Like, I've had blind faith because it's going to sound insane, but like the Santa Claus thing, like, I love the spirit. Like, the spirit, I've always, as a kid, my whole life, I've always had that, like, Santa comes and it's not Santa coming to the house. It's just the spirit that comes around the house and the warmth and mm -hmm. the food and the joy and all that comes every Christmas. And even if there were people hung over and even if there was drinking going on, I mean, we, there was always still this blind yumminess, right? It was yumminess that felt happy. Mm -hmm. I like that word. Yumminess. Uh -huh. I just made it up. Um, and that gave me faith. And that was like, all right, that's faith. And that's Santa. And, you know, and then like the tooth, all those, I could go on with each person that, you know, the tooth fairy and the Easter money and all the rest of it, but it always gave me joy, mm -hmm. you know? And so that God was what I felt brought out everything. So it was easy to go to that place of going, I'm insane because I keep picking up my drink and I keep ending up in the same place. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to be insane anymore. First, I'm powerless. I have no idea what's going to happen, but I know this, if I pick up a drink, bad things happen. Yep. That, and that, that was the easiest. That was the easiest. And so I dumb things. I, and again, because I don't know if it's great because I'm not as smart as you, because I could be, you mm -hmm. know, I could be able to dumb things down. But I have a huge heart and I have a huge spirit and I have this huge ability to go, you know, God, it's going to, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Even if sometimes I didn't believe it was going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Deep down inside, it's getting that heart to meet your head. And I talked about it earlier and it's, it's so close, right? It's only a couple inches, right? Sure. But it's, it's so long. Absolutely. To really feel it. And it's so different from feeling it, from thinking it. And it's good for me that, that uh, you know, what one of the things they said was, um, and I, I really didn't know what they were talking about at the beginning, but I totally understand now that they said, you cannot think your way into right feeling, but you can feel your way into right thinking. I elaborate on that more. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so what they were telling me was really was just like, let it go, JF, you know, walk away from it. So, you know, a couple things that, you know, like I said before, and like in step one, like I tried everything that I could think of, but I'd never thought of abstinence. So I never tried it. Like the thought never occurred to me, you know, so that was a, a whole new thing for me. And that, that's the thing that worked. Right. So then in step two, I just, I couldn't, um, I just, you know, when they're talking about a power greater than me, you know, they said, came to believe that a power greater than yourself, like it's not, I just had never thought about that. I'd never thought about, is there a power greater than myself? But like, I'd never thought I am the greatest power that there is either. You know, I just went through my life doing what I was doing. So when this was presented to me, I just started thinking about it, you know, and, uh, and that's just a bad thing for me when I started thinking about things because I'm always, I, I always seem to be like, if I, th I'm trying to understand it and I believe about myself, like if I can understand something, then I can make it work the way I want it to work. That's the bottom line for me, you know? And that's why I just have to let it go. You know, you just have to feel it. So I just, I did what I was told to do and the feeling started to come in. You know, I didn't think my way into a relationship with a 
and power greater than myself. But over time, I felt it, you know, and I really did. I truly felt it. And I felt it in, you know, observationally in my life, especially when I would look back at, at a, uh, like a difficult time that I would have to go through. Could have been, you know, a sick family member or maybe a funeral or whatever it was, you know, a difficult thing that I would go through and, and I would get through it. And I would realize once I got through it, once I got to the other side, I was like, wow, I just did that whole thing. And uh, I got through it. And, and I didn't think, I, not only did I not drink, I didn't even think about drinking, you know, like I just got, and that is not me, you know, but that, so that was an observational thing where I realized like, oh my gosh, because I'm doing what I was told to do, I'm getting this relationship with this thing that's making my life so much easier, you know? I don't even have to, I don't have to worry about this stuff anymore. This thing just gets me to the other side and takes care of it. So that's where my, that's how my faith came. You know, it, it definitely came over time and it definitely came because I was able to, to see these things were happening to me. It was wonderful. It's, um, it's a wonderful thing mm -hmm. being able to, to do, to have this relationship. It's, a, it's an amazing thing. It's something I cherish a lot. Well, it is. I mean, I can't speak for you, but I can speak for me. Like when you're trying to run the entire universe from, you know, your little office that you have, that I have, it's exhausting. It's really hard because nobody does what they're supposed to do. Well, I don't even know that there is like a supposed to. Well, this is in my world, in yeah, my world view. See, 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 that's the difference. Isn't it so funny? And we're... You know, we're married and everything, but we're so, so different I, in I so do. many ways. So I, it took me a long time to understand that what you just innately knew, like there is no supposed to, you know, people, no just, supposed to. people just do what they do. Like, that's something that I do for me, like, cause I'm the judge, right? So it's always in my judgment. You should do this. That's my judgment. I don't know what you should do. And judgment, it's just gets you know. Well, if I'm going to be really honest, like I have no idea what you should do. I know what I did. I'll tell you what I did. And this is what happened to me when I did it. But I have no idea. If I told you what you should do, I'm, I'm not being truthful because I don't know what you should do. Right. And I can say, and I'm going to put this actually as being a mom mm -hmm. for me because that's like my biggest job is being a mom. So when my kids were little and they'd be like, well, mom, this is what I want to do. And I never really asked them what they wanted to do because I'd be like, how am I going to ask them what they want to do? They're 10 or they're five or they're two or they're 10 or they're 12 or they're 14 or they're 16 or they're 18 or they're 24. And I said, you know, like, what do you want to do? Well, the reality is, is that I barely know what I want to do at 50. Mm -hmm. One, almost 52. Um, we'll leave it at this. <laughs> I'm getting there. I'm getting close actually by the day. It's almost here. I'll be 52 on Monday. Um, but anyway, um, but asking them what they wanted to do and knowing that I really didn't know, but the only thing that I could share with them was that I had life experience. I'm not smarter than anybody. I'm not smarter by any stretch than anybody, but I'm an observer in my life. I've always been an observer. Mm -hmm. I'm not an observer in the reading sense. I'm an observer as like, I watch what people do. Like actions speak louder than words. My mother used to say that all the time and she was so right. Actions speak louder than words. And when you watch someone, 
it's so much different than hearing what they say. It's how they act. It's how you act. So acting into right thinking is what you said, right? I have to act my way into right thinking, right? Yes. So acting like, okay, I'm going to act like I was insane. I'm going to act like there's a higher power. Mm-hmm. And first I'm going to act it. And then if I acted it long enough, it's going to, my head's in my heart, right? I think so. Yeah, I believe I th- that. I think that's true. I think that that's, so, and when you see things and you're like, wow, I've been let, I'm not going to talk about letting go yet, but um, if I'm going to believe that it was insane and, you know, when you stop drinking and you're like, I don't crave alcohol anymore. That's so weird. Isn't it? It's so weird. Like you stop for a certain amount of time and you wake up in the morning and you're like, wow. I didn't think about a drink yesterday. I didn't think about a drink and you know what? I feel pretty good. Yeah. I have so many friends that say to me, I'm friends that are alcoholic, friends that are alcoholic, friend, I have friends that aren't alcoholics. I have friends that are alcoholics, but not in recovery. And then I have friends that are in recovery. And, and all these people that I've talked to, so this is where I get to, this is where I get my knowledge is from watching these things. And when, when in doubt, you say to somebody, especially in their 50s, right? And they're like, I haven't been drinking. And I have to tell you, I feel fabulous. I wake up in the morning. I'm clear headed. I don't have a headache. I, um, I feel really good. Mm-hmm. And I remember everything I did last night. That feels even better. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then after time, you realize one day, it's like when you have a headache. And you take aspirin, it goes away, and you didn't realize, oh my God, my my headache went away, but your headache went away. Right. And it's, it's true. like you can never say, My headache, I can tell you exactly when it went away. Right. You have no idea. No. You're like, you're through the day, and you're like, Oh, I, I did have a headache, I think, at some point today, but I don't know when it was. And I'm not good at days or time, mm-hmm. so I never know what day or time it is. But um, you do. You do. He always knows what day or time it is. Mm-hmm. Even if you do, he doesn't know, he'll like guess and he'll be like totally on time. I am the other way. I'm like, no idea. Does it really matter? No, it doesn't matter. Odd to be retired. It's odd to be blonde hair. Odd <laughs> to be, you know, many things. Uh-huh. Um, but it's been a gift. And um, so getting to that place of step two and realizing, all right, am I insane? That's number one. Do you believe that what you've been doing is insane? Think about it. If you've been drinking a lot or picking up drugs a lot and doing the same thing over and over again, I can tell you the people in the rooms are pretty good at at convincing you of that. But if you're sitting at home by yourself right now and you're going, Mm -hmm. am I, this makes kind of sense. Was it, was it, is it insane that I keep going back and picking up one drink and I end up having 47? Yeah, that's a problem. That's a problem. Mm -hmm. It's a problem. If you wake up and you're like, why did I do it again? That will at least help you. Well, that's the, that's the most frustrating thing about it, right? Is that you didn't mean to do it. It wasn't your plan or your intention that it happened. And it just, darn it, it happened again. Because we got to go back to step one here mm-hmm. with being powerless. Yep. And that phenomenon. Oh, we're talking about the cha-cha. Yeah, the, I'm all about the cha-cha. We'll get to three and we'll talk about the cha-cha. But you, <laughs> if, you, if you know anything from dance class, it's forward, forward, back, back, forward, back, side, kick. And um, the cha-cha. Wow. Yeah. I had lots of, lots of times of doing that. So mm-hmm. lots of training with the cha-cha. Mm-hmm. I like to dance. We'll talk about that later too, but um, getting to that place that you realize you're powerless. I'm I'm powerless, I'm insane, but something out there's gotta help me, help me. Yeah, and it's, you know, I was thinking that it it could be one of those people, sort of like I was, it's like, you know, like I don't believe, but I wanna believe. So 
but I don't believe, but I want to believe. And they're like, all you have to do is just want to. That's fine. You're there. That's it. That's good enough. That's and, your start. And if it even be, like if you're if you think back to when you're a kid, you really even if you saw your mom and dad putting the presents underneath the tree, you were like, but I still believe that Santa's there. Mm -hmm. I know Santa's gonna come. I never saw them do that. I didn't. I didn't either. No. I got up early in the morning and would go look and see, and they always they always, there was always presents, but um. And somebody had taken a bite out of the cookie. Yeah, like and somebody had done, and I had done that for my kids. Too. Uh -huh. So if their kids watching, don't watch this at this point. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys, this There's is probably big. not too many people that actually <laughs> believe in Santa that watch this on the other. I hope okay. not. I hope not. <laughs> and um, this was an awesome podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks Thank for you. having me. Always Thanks. a pleasure. It's it's really fun. Nice to spend Sometimes time with it, it's nice for me to get him when he's finally here. It's the mm -hmm. hard part is getting him here. Hence, we're going on. To, this is being coming up today, pretty late this Tuesday. We're late today, but we did it. We did it. We did it. Thanks. All right, people. All right, people. Remember, all you have to do is just want to believe. You'll be fine. Just want to believe. Just want to believe. Just want to believe and go to that place that goes. Okay, I am insane, and it's okay to be insane. It's okay not to be normal. I'm yes. not normal. Here you see not normal. And here's definitely not normal too. <laughs> <laughs> so please reach out with questions, comments, anything to busy, B-I-Z-Z-Y at the A with the F circle around it. What's it called? A. I think it's called. At, um, at busy living sober. And that's B-U-S-Y dot com. And um, busylivingsober.com, and it will give you all the information there, too, if you want my email address and all that. That, that is on my website. And um, until next time, keep getting busy living sober. Bye-bye, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in. And subscribe to our channel on YouTube. By the way, we're on YouTube. Um, that's a big place for us is YouTube and iTunes and Spotify. So subscribe, and then you get to see what's going on every day. Nice. Not, we might even have more days. It might go from two to three days. It's just a little tease right there. I do that <laughs> on TV. All right, everybody. Until next time, keep getting busy, living sober. Mwah. Bye, everybody. Love you all. Thanks again for tuning in. Take care, and we'll talk to you soon.